hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro-instant. You hate! Hate! Alright, uh, should I just go? Hit it. Alright. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Pleasant Evenings uh, Book Club. Uh, my name is Hannah, and as always, Roberto is with us. We are joined by Corbin tonight, who is new. Corbin is brand new. He is joining us for the first time tonight. Um, yeah, and we will be discussing uh, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream by uh, Harlan Ellison. Um, I know we uh, we tend to like to, I guess, start with like a summary of it. Uh, does anybody... Does anybody... Want to jump on that? Ben, I was going to give go, it a shot. Go for it. Try it out. Story starts 109 years into something that went horribly wrong. This supercomputer made during the Cold War, like, you know, went full Skynet, like, gained sentience, killed everything, and left five people alive just to torture them. Uh, they're, we can go into, like, the characters or how they interact, uh, but their names are... Or Ted, that's her ter- Ted, that's her narrator. Benny, uh, oh, who was like a, I guess a brilliant scientist who got turned into a monkey man. Gorister, um, who he was like a, some kind of activist who got turned into a nihilist. Ellen, who's like the girl one, and I'm not sure what this guy's deal is, but it, Nimduck is the last guy. I love Nimduck. Uh, <laughs> Critical support for Nimduck. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lean on you for like Nimduck facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Nimduck's name was given to him, as it turns out. Uh, he was not, he was not named Nimduck by his parents. That's a, it's a later given name. So that's your first Nimduck fact. Right. No, no. Yeah, we will uh, periodically be putting out Nimduck facts. Okay, good. All the Nimdok heads will be, like, really happy to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's for you, Nimdok heads. Uh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, these people, they're, they're being kept alive somehow, like, throughout 109 years. They're being kept alive at, around the age they were when, when AM, AM, the supercomputer gained sentience. And... They do what little they can to stay sane and stay alive. I guess staying alive, or even though they might not want to stay alive. Like, they feel hunger, but there's hardly ever any food. Um, sometimes they'll tell each other stories or um, do sex on one another, maybe. Uh, but the plot of the story, I guess, starts when Benny, the semi-semian former uh, hunk decides that they need to go up to the ice caverns because there might be canned food there. And then it's just a sad exodus up al- like up along the computer wastelands 
like these caverns, like these hollowed out bits of earth that the computer like was installed into. They're uh, what is it? They're interrupted by a giant bird making big a big hurricane, and then they go through like a list of places that I swear sound like Dark Souls levels. Uh, <laughs> I should have written some down, but it was stuff like the Bog of Eternal Stench. Oh yeah, I'll, the, I'll find them. <laughs> Give me a moment. The slough, the slew, the slough of putrefaction. Until they make their way up to the ice caverns and they find the food. It's, it is in cans right there. But when they get there, there's no can opener. In a Twilight Zone twist, they can't open the cans. So that's like the breaking point for Benny, who starts attacking one of them, eating their face. And that's when our narrator and Ellen... Both decide that the best thing they can do now is, while Am isn't looking, uh, kill as many as they can with the icicles that are in the caverns. And by the end of it, only Ted is alive. When Am finds out, in his fury, he turns Ted into some gelatinous form with no mouth, who's powerless to do anything but suffer. He has no mouth and he must scream. Hell yeah. So I... I think that's like the bare bones right. description of the plot. Right. Yeah, I you got the last line perfect. <laughs> the dramatic timing. Yeah. <laughs> I I I wanted to ask you guys sort of what you thought um the setting was because I it's referred to a couple times that we're sort of in the belly of the beast of this computer. But there's also some, like, real-world locations alluded to. Like, at one point, they're up by the North Pole, uh, which is where the yeah. bird was, you know? And I, it kind of got me thinking, is this, like, a sort of a, like, a, a planet that is sort of just computered? You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing just looks like a, like a, uh, what, like, a, what were those parties that they used to have in, like, 2001, where everybody would play Counter-Strike uh, like at the same house? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, is it like that? Yeah, that's it. Is it like a land party? <laughs> that's that's what I imagine. Just trapped under underground, and Am had managed to computerize all of it. Yeah, because I I wasn't sure to like what extent they were on Earth, and it was just like a shitty Earth, or like to what extent they were in sort of a virtual. Because Am does have these sort of mm. godly powers, um, and that's, I guess, why I uh, why I ask. I because I was having a hard time sometimes, like imagining the setting. Even though they like will describe things like computer banks and the North Pole, I was like, well, wait though, <laughs> like what's what's going on? <laughs> like, where are we? You know, other this than the bog of putrefaction, you know. <laughs> this entirely subterranean is what I had thought. Yeah, I think I had originally imagined it to be like a sort of virtual reality. But I, I think that changed as I continued to read it. Yeah, there's... When they go into the flashback on the world about how it started in the Cold War, how everyone was doing machines, they <laughs> mention how the world was, like, hollowed out to make room for these giant computer cores. Right. So I, right. I imagine, like, one big Earth, like a, like a beehive or something. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Oh. Far off the virtual reality idea. I mean, it's it's definitely all 
augmented reality at that point. Augmented is oh, a good so, word. I I want to yeah, say yeah. like, um, and I don't I don't know if there's anything in the text to support it. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but I had this thought of like, what if like the like the realities inside of a computer, like the infinitely rewritable nature of like cyber reality, you know, mm-hmm. that defines it. Like, what if like the compu- like the computer really made the world into its image like what if it like it's not a scientific thought but what if like th- those aspects those digital aspects of like computation mm-hmm. could kind of bleed into like what's outside right right i mean i some of the ways that they describe like am's more direct influence like when he uh he blinds benny and things like that Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's rewriting the code or something, which is another reason I think I bring it up. But because that's yeah, like a very can, like, like yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. He can like transform their bodies, or he can make like light and sound come out of their eyes. Right. I mean, he changed um, Nimdok's name. He changed. This is our <laughs> second. This is our second Nimdok fact. Am was the one who changed Nimdok's name because he liked it better. Um. I felt kind of cheated there because there weren't many funny sounds afterwards. I Gorister isn't far off, but I, I guess I'm to believe that's his actual name. Yeah, it could be. Like the another funny sound. I guess he said he wasn't named by his parents, but you could say he was named by the God Daddy computer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's true. That's a really God. funny way. God as man. Daddy, the deranged. Right. Yeah, yeah, I really like that line. I don't know where to start with that, really. I, I guess, what do we think of our narrator? Then I, I don't know if we learned much about him, except that, like, it feels like he acts as if, like, the, the hatred... And I'm leaning on the word hate mostly because of the influence from the game intro. But, like, uh-huh. like, the evil of the computer isn't, like, a part of him. But, like, I don't know how much we know about, you know, Ted's, like, personality, past, demeanor, except that everything is described, like, with, like, resentment, anger, and, like, a real, like, losing it energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's angsty, which I guess who wouldn't be in this situation? I mean, it puts you there, you know? Starting with him is a good idea because, like, everything is filtered through... Um, like this, like semi-poetic. I mean, um, like style of getting to the story, where it's it, it like it's these like short bursts of sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's reliable though. As narrator, uh, like, oh, he seems he seems reliable. You're saying, yeah, I I, I think I agree. Um, I I don't know what he would stand again by not being reliable at this point, you know, so yeah. I guess that's right. There I, isn't nothing to lose quality, but there's also, like, the one thing he has to lose is the idea that he didn't do the right thing by killing them. Oh, yeah, no, or, I, I right? actually love what this story does in that respect. Like, I, I to, to death is, like, the ultimate, like, act of, like, kindness is just so, like, like yeah, so interesting. Like, that whole movie where they're, like, um, or the whole book, rather, they're just thinking about, 
you know, suicide, right? And at one point, he just it clicks with him, and he's like, "Oh, murder! Like, duh! Like, I just—it's yeah. like the ultimate act of kindness." But the we're way immortal, he's sort- but we're not it. We're immortal, but we're not indestructible, is what he said. Right, right, right. I really like that. I, I, I like the idea of a story where, like, um, you know, I, I think in like most action adventures across the board. Obviously, this is very obvious. Like, you, you know, but um, everyone's trying to not die. So I think this opposite version of it is, is kind of just like like novel, at least in its own right. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like, oh, everybody wants to die and, and they can't, you know? Like, yeah. But. It's like they're dire eat food. Right. I love the right, way that he just, the hunger was described on that note. But. Can we find that? No. Something about like all the stomach acids just oh, building yeah. up on their insides. Uh, and yet we were kept alive. Uh, stomachs that were merely cauldrons of acid, bubbling, foaming, and always shooting spears of silver-thin pain into our chests. It was the pain of the terminal ulcer, terminal cancer, terminal paresis. It was an ending pain. And oh, this is the this is this goes on to describe all those places, by the way. Uh, and we passed through the cavern of rats, and we passed the path of boiling <laughs> steam, and we passed through the country of the blind, and we passed through the slough of despond, and we passed through the veil of tears yeah that's same 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 paragraph what could those places be who are the blind yeah that's what i was gonna say like who's left to be blind i i I just imagine pitch blackness is is, i guess what i what i what i imagined like who knows like i wonder too if like if those are am's names or if um i was thinking like he has no mouth and he must scream like there's an aspect to where like like poetry and beauty is the the last consolation outside of suicide. Oh yeah, wow. Wow. So like at least like these things that cause you pain can have these names like the whatever the slow despond. Right. Right. Well I yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I do wonder if Nimdok named them that or like if they call it that. <laughs> it was Nimdok. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I guess I yeah. named them that. Yeah, rather. <laughs> It'd be nice. No, in my head canon, all for the Nimdok heads. Nimdok is the king of names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think to be honest with you, I think if Am had named these places, they wouldn't be so. Uh, they wouldn't be so like dramatic. They they'd just be called like Glotmorp or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Though Am has a certain whimsicality, I, I guess I, I don't think it would number anything. Almost, you know. I, I I like that it seems to be a little mad itself. Um, you know yeah like it go it went through periods like the way they talk about him is like um like picasso's blue period like they say that they did this during his like hysterical phase like yeah he is like that's cool like like the way that am is a character like we mentioned these five people but am is you know like obviously the most in uh the character that affects things the most this sounds super Absolutely. crazy, but I also fell for Am as a character. Oh yeah, I I actually don't think that's crazy at all, and I I think if we're to like push into like sort of the the meaning of this, like I I think both Am and the people he imprisons are like trapped in the same um, prison ultimately. Like um, Am's hatred what? for them is what because he was created without the ability to like transcend himself or something. Like mm-hmm. he's always. Yeah, and then they're in a similar state of existence. 
Well, is is right. this body with it with, or is this mind without a body to um, fulfill itself with? Right, right, right. I, I guess like that that last line. I I must scream, and I have no mouth. Equally applies to it's a am. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut it's your off, cut off your minute. Right? No, no. I mean, um, like, yeah, going off book, like, it definitely applies. Like, if we just look at the cover art for, for the game, right? Like, Am plays the is played by Harlan Ellison, and the cover of the game is Harlan Ellison's face, and like his mouth is covered over by all the circuitry. Yeah. Oh, that's the cover of the book copy that I have as well. So I, that's I yeah, never put that together. For the book as well. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Oh. Yeah, like yeah, and like where it came from, like it was, like it was just made to calculate, like you know, the the best way to kill like enemies. So you like you take the this um you know like the, you know the creative ability of intelligence, like the, you know like all the heights of technology, like, you know as extensions of the human mind, and it's only for. You know, like the darkest utility possible yeah like he's a direct product of like the cold war mindset of mm-hmm. you know like whatever ever everything heidegger might have said about technology the worst ending for singularity is that you know like that if like the current way we're doing things is really bad that that gets so extreme that it becomes the only possible thing and the whole world is recreated to only account for for that right right i like that a lot and then it gets to the point where there's only five people left and you know that's when i assume like that's when i would you know my head can whatever that's when i would assume like the, the the insanity kicks in like what do you do when they're all dead oh yeah well He's got to be, I mean, you know, the, the way the story ends with just Ted alive and essentially a jellyfish, like Am has to be, you know, I, I mean, like in a state of pure isolation at that point, like how do you torture mm-hmm. a jellyfish? You know, <laughs> like it, it's kind of just like, um, like, like pure uh, solipsism for Am at the end. And that's why he's obviously so mad when they, they are killed. You know, I like the way that's mm-hmm. described too. I'll try to pull that up real quick while I... But. Well, maybe maybe not. Maybe now this jellyfish Ted has a true understanding of what Am actually is. Maybe from Am's point of view, right? Well, and I guess um, I think that like speaks to the larger philosophical implications of it. Um, just that, like, uh, you know, like forcing anything to exist is is like uh, to some <laughs> degree like unethical. <laughs> You know, like, and, yeah. uh, but I think there's like this interesting thing too, uh, that like, uh, there, there could be some like argument hidden in this that like, um, people force God to exist and he's probably just as tortured for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Am like, is like, like, yeah, like people create God or people create Am, like Am like becomes God and then like Am destroys everyone and he creates people in his own image. Kind of like, you know, he takes the people that are there, but he. Right. You know, totally redefines who they are and their environment and leads mm. them to the point where at the end all they've got is to kill each other. Right. 
It's well, like a just like a cycle, a degeneration. Well, I, I guess I would say that I, I think even in society we sort of create God, you know, like in, in like real, you know, like real society, like outside of outside of books, um, and I, I think that we're sort of in that relationship with them sometimes, like as as a society, we're, we're constantly holding each other at gunpoint, and like nobody's really happy about it, and I think this like really captured that well endeavor on that like but I, I guess it's just like um yeah i don't know really dig it into the anti-natalist shit um like and like you know if we're gonna expand like i guess that's the moment where like Am has, I have no mouth and I must scream, like, the turning point is Am gaining sentience and, like, turning things, you know, f- defining things on their own terms. Mm-hmm. But, like, the the even sadder thing would be if Am, you know, like, you know, any, any AI is a black box. You never know if they really have sentience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the sadder thing would be, like, if Am was... In it, like it's not not in the um, corny Asimov way of like I have analyzed the data and the best way to save humanity is to kill everyone you know like right, they sometimes right. like force things in those yeah but, yeah there's no there's no logical there's no uh, logic but anymore. either way like it could be following some kind of programming or like the um, just the end point of a certain mindset oh and yeah. um you know this is expanding things like too much obviously it's not nothing is nothing in the world as extreme as, as the story um but like you're saying like we create god like we create these things that compel us that we then decide are are above our control mm-hmm. like you know you, they could apply that to any religious system right um you know any system of production right like, you know like like the stuff about like bullshit jobs like everyone has to go to these jobs that don't matter like don't need to take away from us as much as they do right yeah but, I, you, mm-hmm. it just makes you look at your relationship with like like sort of the sort of superstructures that underpin society like differently like how much of my taking advantage of this and how much of is it taking advantage of me and like what's that trade-off mm-hmm. but, i don't know yeah because like i've definitely felt like powerless in that way for sure yeah yeah no and i think that's what makes this so good and this feels like an understatement in a book like this but like when you read this you're like oh this kind of feels like how i live (laughs) you know and obviously (laughs) you're supposed to think that for sure um but you know it really you know sometimes you're like oh yeah when i go to work tomorrow i'm gonna be thinking the exact same thing like Mm -hmm. um well bring things back to the um, to the story. Do you want to, like, go into some of the other characters? Like, whatever, like, we can pull out? Oh, yeah. Uh, was there one that sort of struck your... Oh, I did want to point out, like, the weird... Like, the weirdness. Like, these are the characters that get talked about the most. And I think there's just something... I think you can... Um... I think the real explanation is that Harlan Ellison was an angry man in the 60s who wrote this in one night. <laughs> Um, yeah. Fair. You, <laughs> um, um, but there's, like, some descriptions of, 
we could say it's maybe because Ted is like, you know, so crazy and so angry and, you know, so out of it. But he describes like, um, like why am like made Benny into a monkey man. He's like, he was handsome. So now he's a, now he's an ape. Like he was a brilliant scientist and now he's a, you know, now he's a fool and he was gay and now he has a big cock. Yeah, right. Like, it's the dream of every <laughs> gay man to have a small penis, like. Yeah, like, like I don't know, like, maybe Am was just not aware. Or, um, more likely, Harlan Ellison just didn't think that went through very well. I, I guess I, the way I took it was, like, he's supposed to be sort of, like, paired with Ellen, who he's made, like, mm-hmm. uh, Am has made, like, unreasonably horny. And, like, together they're both just sort of tortured by that. Because I think Ellen sort of values her previous, like, chasteness or something. Yeah, whereas, talk like about that. Yeah, yeah, whereas, like, Benny was, like, gay in that. So, like, they've both been, like, con- contorted into, like, maybe what they 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 are not, obviously, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I guess, like, that, um, like, to what Corbin was saying about the um, reliable narrator, even when he's not reliable, like, he gives you enough to, like, read between the lines because yeah, he thinks that, no, she loves it. Even though she says she doesn't. But you know now that she says she doesn't. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, like, and that, that, that speaks also to, like, the degree of, like, Am's uh, power, like, power, like, um, like, the depths of his torture is that it's not just physical torture. Although I, I think it's an implied that there's plenty of that. Like, whatever happens to Nimduck, we don't learn much. We just know that he goes into these dark places and comes out pale. Well, he gets, like, blood out, it sounds like. Yeah. I guess they, they all take turns getting blood out. Like, it starts with Gorister being hung upside down, right? Yes. Yeah, that's so interesting. Oh. It's like vampiric. Um, I I, I kind of like glossed over the bleeding out parts. I'm not gonna lie. I but yeah, that thing with like Nimdok being like like wandering off and coming back blood out is like also like he's got like he's compelled to do this for some reason. Like it's it's part of his contract. Like <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, and in part apparently like I would think that part of the torture is just to keep everyone else guessing about what's gonna happen next, so he'll like single some of them out. But, yeah, but what I was saying about the mental stuff, like, Gorister, like, he's described like he was a conscientious objector and an activist, and he got turned into someone who shrugged his shoulders. Ellen was, like, she... I... It was... It's oddly, like, I, I feel like maybe it's, again, like, the Ted lens, but we don't know anything about her except that now she loves to have sex, or, like, she needs to have sex and used to pride herself on not doing it as much. Right. This is like a very man thing to only talk about that aspect. Also, is that really that abnormal? Like, she likes to fuck? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, what like, else can I do? Uh, do you want to go be tortured for a couple hours, or do you want to fuck? Like, I, oh, gee, I don't know. Like, right? <laughs> Joke's on you, I'm into that. Exactly. I... There was a sad thing where I think they say that um, Ellen can't come, though. What? I did. I did. Uh, did I not catch that? I, I thought it was only with Benny. Oh, it was oh, only that Lane. I did. Yeah, because he's the he's got the biggest dick or whatever. <laughs> Again, this is coming from Ted. So, yeah, coming yeah. from Ted. Yeah. 
And there's an aspect where there is, like, some sympathy between them. And there's also just, like, I mean, you got who you got. You know, whatever human warmth you can get. But, like, uh, Ted is sure everyone hates him because he's the one who's least transformed. (laughs) Who's the youngest, least transformed, yeah. Um, like, but clearly Ted, like, he's jealous of, of Benny's big dick. Yeah, which is, yeah, I'd rather be a monkey with a big dick. That's the whole thing. I'm just in every situation. Right, like, John Stuart Mill said it's better to be, um, a Socrates unhappy than a pig happy, but it's even better to be a monkey man with a huge dick. <laughs> he did say that. Like, he never gets quoted all the way. Yeah, it's, they always cut him off. Is that what we got on... Is that what we got on Benny? Oh, I guess the... Um, the other aspect... So do you want to say more about them being turned against each other? Yeah, I, I question how much they could truly ever be turned against each other. Though, to a point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, no amount of... You know, they have, like, such a strong common adversary. You know? Yeah. Like... I, the, the, like, no amount of, like, interpersonal resentment, like, is gonna, like, I think, make them, you know, truly, like, mm-hmm. turn on each other. I, I got that sense throughout the whole story. Like, they have some unity. I mean, there's no reason to stop half of them from, like, disappearing forever. I, I know that, like, um, at one point, like, two of them go missing for, like, a month or something, but then they're, like, tracked down. But even that's, like, a, you know, it seems that seems to be Anne's shenanigans and not, like, you know, a chosen chosen path mm-hmm. but yeah I would think after 109 years it'd be very like anything goes in either direction yeah right right I, I I get the feeling that they probably don't have a problem with Ted but maybe that's just my own experience with social anxiety like coming out of the work <laughs> like... yeah I it is telling that like he says that he thinks they're laughing when he's in pain like it is telling that that only comes out at like the peak of his pain when he's being mind electrocuted so and yeah if it's a story about people being pushed to extremes i think that that's another cool thing about the story is that it's not like we mentioned it get being white noise but there are like peaks and valleys when and like i don't know it gets not benny's fault when he eats the other guy's face like he's <laughs> he just got overwhelmed uh, yeah, another Nimdok fact is that Nimdok's face actually tastes good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Benny chose Nimdok's face first because everyone <laughs> right. knows. <laughs> Nimdok got that good face. <laughs> I was going to say, I love the scene where they, they all kill each other. I, I think that's when I like really was sold on this book. I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and I like um, Ted as sort of this inverted Christ figure where through his sacrifice they can all die you know like and then like he has to live but i i wonder though like the only like shred of disbelief i had about this whole thing is whether or not like i i I guess it surprises me that ted didn't try to kill himself before killing ellen you know like that last moment of mercy he he kills her and he's got to be doing the math in his head like well you know only one of us is gonna die here you know, I that's like genuinely like he, there there's some like actual like mercy and compassion in that somehow. Yeah. It's not just spite for Anne, 
because I, you know, if you're going to be tortured for eternity, you're going to have a lot of time to get spiteful again, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I found that really interesting. Like I, I also, I found it so weirdly romantic. Like the way she stands there expectantly, like, Hey, could you just please kill me? It, like, I just like something about that. It was like, because she's asking him, like, hey, do you mind if I die while you live in torment forever? And I was like, whoa. I kind of like hey. Yeah, there was a tenderness there. Yeah. And actually, um, despite Ellen's, like, association with Benny, like, because of the penis or whatever, I actually felt that she had, like, a closer relationship with Ted as, like, described. If that makes sense. Like, I, I kind of wonder if there's, like, some unmentioned thing from beforehand, you know, where they maybe knew each other more closely. Uh, but I don't know. Well, yeah, in 109 years, a lot could happen. Right. Like, he, he t- calls her, like, filthy bitch and stuff, but that could... Not that it excuses it, but that could also be, like, ex-boyfriend words. Well, yeah, because there's also that line where she wants to go look for the food, and even though he knows it's futile, he's like, yeah, I gave in too easily because it's Ellen, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> And I, I, that kind of stuck with me for some reason, too. Um, I guess mm-hmm. she's the only woman in the group. But you think at that point they would be at least trying to fuck the monkey guy. Like, I mean, you get bored, right? Like, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you want to try out that big dick. Yeah, try out that monkey dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a couple of things. Like, I think that's a really great moment to, to, to focus on. I have a couple of, of, of like ideas to throw out. Um, I don't know if you want to go first, Corbin, if you have any thoughts on it. Uh, what's it hmm? oh the uh, uh, that would be the, the scene where they all die right yeah the scene where they all die and like why Ted might uh, choose to, to kill Ellen instead of himself at the end I see, I, see. Well, I, mean, I know he can't kill himself but you think he would have tried is, I guess, I guess how, how I'll rephrase that well with with the interrelationship that Benny seems to be involved with. I, I wonder if it's a crime of passion. Maybe. And that's why he does it. Oh, I mean, he's like, he's like, like, like explicitly he's very compassionate about it, but like primal, primally mm-hmm. um might have been en- enough for him to n- not even just to spite AM anymore, but yeah, like yeah, like like in the moment, like the the rage it takes to like the rage you have to channel in order to actually drive like icicles right. through people. There was sort of a losing it feeling. He was like, "All right, fucking fine. You know, I'm just gonna do this." Like you know, like but... yeah. You've, you've, you've heard about ex-lovers doing that to each other mm-hmm. in, in investigative discovery, so not that that's in the text, but as explicitly as it's compassion, but maybe it's less compassionate than what this narrator is saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I that was one of the um, things I wanted to throw out, actually, like, exactly that, like, there is room to subvert the the compassionate like like telling of the of that moment mm-hmm. 
Because, like, there definitely are moments shown where he's resentful of people. Like, we've talked about about that. Sure, um, but to rot in hell alone forever. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think, like, that would be the worst thing. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, but... Uh, but it could, again, yeah, the other... Like, I like the compassionate thing, too. Like, it'd be, it'd be a nice way to read of the story like maybe like a um a bit of optimism that even harlan ellison didn't intend for that at you know like people being pushed to extremes you know like am being pushed to or being inspired whatever like whatever made am be the way am is mm-hmm. to like hollow out the world and create this horrible hell or you know these people being pushed into like you know the worst versions of themselves like, maybe people pushed to extremes can come out with surprising compassion or um, selflessness, too. Right. Right. Well, I just, I, I saw this sort of, like, I guess just on his part, like, a very intentional, like, inversion of, like, what is expected from compassion. You know, like, no one's life is being saved, rather they're being killed. And I, I, I don't know, I, that just seemed like his intention in and of itself, you know. But I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never met that guy. You know, but I just, like, I was like, whoa. Like, look how he's inverted it. <laughs> this is literally just all I could think. Like, You'd be a cool person to talk to. Oh, I bet. Yeah, from Probably what I read, apparently... <laughs> yeah, just given, yeah, some of the descriptions here. Right. From what I read, apparently, like, like, he, like, um, like, burned every bridge, like, he ever like had with people apparently he was very cantankerous oh wow i can kind of feel that so harlan ellison was like at the like at the heart of of the new wave of science fiction like the same year that this story came out he put out an anthology called dangerous visions and like philip k dick was on this uh jg ballard was on it asimov wrote the introduction for it um, and, um, other Delaney, like, other, like, science fiction people, like, um, like, he wanted, like, to, like, shake science fiction up and, like, bring more, like, literary value to it and more, um, you know, it's called Dangerous Visions, also, like, more extreme, um, adult themes. Right. And, like, the Dangerous Visions thing, like, he put out a second volume of it, and, then he spent the last, like, 40 years of his life, quote-unquote, working on the third volume of Dangerous Visions. But, like, it still hasn't come out. He's dead now. Apparently, like, the only people who... The only stories whose rights were still, like, cleared for that is people who were dead. Because everyone who was alive at some point, like, withdrew their submission because they got into a fight with Harlan Ellison. Oh, wow, that's crazy. What a guy. <laughs> you gotta appreciate that intensity. Guy, maybe someone I didn't want to have a conversation with, but maybe not a long-term cars- relationship. What were those arguments? That'd be, that's an interesting thing. Who knows? I, he just seems like he was, I don't know, he seems like a real, I don't know. I mean, that whole, like, that whole book was just, like, one long scream, despite the title. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. definitely angry person wrote that oh yeah for sure 
I think that's what's so good about it, though. I mean, I don't, I need it to be angry. I, I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm glad you suggested that, Corbin. It's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, I first heard about it when being presented with a professor's research on the rhetoric of pessimism. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember what the ultimate conclusion was, but the synopsis of this story, which I thought, oh, that's very cool. I want to read that. And that right. Albert Camus was a pessimist. Those <laughs> two things just bounced in my head the entire presentation. Right, right. Pessimism is based. Anyway. It is. It's not, uh, it's, not, it's not quite appreciated enough. Yeah, no, say. I... Yeah, I would definitely recommend... We, we had discussed Lagotti uh, last time we did mm-hmm. this, and I really, I really... He had a similarly pessimistic style. I think you'd like it, Corbin. Yeah, yeah, there's like a like a deep darkness in like what Lagotti was, is getting into. Oh, yeah. What was one, what was one of Lagotti's maybe not books, but essays, the conspiracy against the human race or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's the one. That, that kind of, that, that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently, uh, looking, look, looking into the the book a little bit more, apparently Legati starts out saying, I don't really believe any of this, but I want to write down the ideas and give them like the fairest shot I can. And apparently did such a good job, I guess, that everyone was like, no, no, like, no, that's true though. <laughs> you you convinced us. Yeah. Right. So either so he either threw that in because you know because of the Camus thing of imagining Sisyphus happy of like either way like whatever pessimism there is like you've been dealt your hand you just got to play it or he just has such a good insight into the things that really bring us down. Because the insight. I think the main argument is that, like, like what he's talking about in that, in that, like, his version of pessimism in that book is kind of like that. Um, consciousness is kind of an accident of evolution. And hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, and this Sorry. cosmic like empty nothing, like. Conscious, like the emergence of consciousness is only a burden for things that happen to find themselves alive and doing it. God, fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I'd have what to the... like, read that book to actually give an, any you know any good like argument for or against what he's saying. I mean, I think you see elements of that even in, even in what we've just read here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Am got consciousness, and he was pissed about it. Oh, yeah, and he sought to, like, you know, literally get revenge on every innocent, conscious thing that he had left, like. (laughs) What do you think about that line where he says, like, this might be another Ted editorializing moment, where he says that maybe part of the reason why Am did what he did is because of the way that all machines hate fleshy things or something? Oh, yeah. Just an aspect. Yeah, computers just hate people. If you have a computer, they're just gonna destroy the world. That's what they like to do. Not in Blade Runner. Or is it? 
At least in Blade Runner 1, the machines just wanted to do their own thing. Tying back to the book, wasn't there a question up in the air? Oh, oh machines about... human hating humans? <laughs> yeah, about how all machines hate humans or something. Um. So, I mean, I, I think it's an inversion of the usual... Th- I mean... I think you said it before, like machines are a extension of, of what humans are. There's they're just another tool to us in our reality and in, in our own context. But mm. I mean, oh. I mean the, the story inverts that. Yeah. I think you're pulling out an interesting thread with the, uh, like going back to the extension thing. Well, so like the very term scientifically homo, homo sapien tool user, I mean, we're kind of, we feel distant from that, but our machines, our phones are a very. Is that prescriptive or descriptive, Gordon? <laughs> uh, prescriptive, <laughs> I think. Use tools or else. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although. No, but for real though, like, um, like when we stumble on something, like the point where everyone snaps is when they have the canned food and they don't get a can opener. That's that's true. Though. Like oh, that is yeah. true. That is good. <laughs> to your point, Corbin. Yeah, that's true. That that's like wow. Like what a taunt that is. I guess taken <laughs> yeah. taken to his most extreme, the loss of their civilization and the inversion of their relationship means that these five once people have lost hum- their humanity in, in that sort of I was going to say, like, you think 109 years of ingenuity would teach you how to, like, open a can using your mind. <laughs> I, uh, like, I guess. They tried using the ice the icicles, but they would break. I mean, how many cans do you see in the belly of, of uh, the beast? <laughs> Really? Uh, they probably froze in solid. Uh, but I think like you're getting on something like really good here with the tool stuff. Now I'm thinking even more. Like the other way that Am like taunts them is when the Helmarok, like the the mythical giant bird, making hurricanes. Oh. So you can eat it if you can kill it, and it's like you'll give us weapons, and they get like bows and arrows and a water gun. Yeah, I, oh, I guess yeah. I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised they didn't try though. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I like thought they were about are, to. Well, again, I, I just want to say, if these people are walking through, like, infinite caverns of darkness, is, like, and again, it's implied that they're immortal. Like, what do they stand to lose? <laughs> like, yeah. Just go at it. Uh, right? See if you can get the I, thing. <laughs> I keep thinking about that, like, I think it's a shit post on 4chan about how Dark Souls proves that you can win a fight with a horse if you can just, like, dodge roll effectively, like, and just like, wear out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's true. Like you can't die. Give enough tries. Yeah, maybe you can get it. Right. Uh, um, and like, yeah, I guess Dark Souls is like a, a really interesting, like optimistic counterpoint to like when everything is dying. As long as in your in your heart, like, you can endeavor to go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually found and... Dark Souls a little relevant. I just didn't want to bring it up again. Like, I feel like it's always it's always within. Yeah, I guess. I guess people who know, know, and we can leave it there. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, um, but the thing with... Uh, but, yeah, the, no, the tools thing. I'm getting really excited about this about this thread that... Um, yeah, like, Am is made... 
like am it am is like you know is technology like given you know like right like well, am deciding itself right i mean in in, in in that way am is human right yeah it's, well i see but am uses no tools though like when i sit there and think about like am using like am makes things glow and am makes people's eyes melt but am doesn't have any like, way of doing that it just happens or something i mean am, as far as am is the tool yeah, like if, See, if but to, is it like, human to be both the tool and the thing that controls it? I don't know. Um, no, that's not how we de- define humanity, like conventionally. I don't. Depends it's, who you ask. It's well, uh, sure. there's definitely. I mean, I guess a, you have a chip in your hands. So. Yeah, there's there's definitely like um some like squishy like middle ground. You know, people talk about glasses technically being like cybernetic enhancements and not cybernetic but technological <laughs> enhancements. Right. Um. But, yeah, like, technology, like, AM is, like, technology itself. Like, yeah, it can just, uh, like, if the technology is, like, something that we use to affect a change, you know, in the world or ourselves, AM can simply do that because it is the ability to affect change. Right. And, right. Like, and people are just, like, and, like, what do you get to the point when you, you got to the point where... Um, like people used to use machines to make change and now they're just at the mercy of the change maker. Yeah. And yeah. in this case, it's like one that's like actively hard, like harmful, oh. like antagonistic Yo, do you think that's, towards them. Do you, do you think that's why Benny's a monkey? Oh. <laughs> like, do you, like, do you think he's like, you know, they've been reverted to like a sort of a primitive yeah, state. Yeah. Like they've been totally alienated to this like essential aspect of humanity, which is to use technology to like, interact with the world in a way that um like the control seemed a little harsh but maybe harsh is appropriate for the story well yeah and I, I think if you were to think about like i don't know like to what extent this exists like pre-tools humans right or i guess like whatever proto-human would not have had tools i mean they would have felt very at the mercy of, of their gods you know mm-hmm. like and in a very similar way i don't doubt you know i mean nature's brutal so you know yeah Right, and, tornadoes and, and darkness and wolves and yeah, all the shit, you know. Yeah, so kind of, kind of mechanistic in its own way too. Right, nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like our own, like whatever that machinery is, like our own way of interacting with it is like ripped out, ripped out by by this thing, by this thing that right. humans made. Um, like the one other thing that makes people human, like, is like maybe storytelling, which is like the one last thing that they have is like when they're sitting around. Oh yeah. And, and Benny yeah. wants to hear again the story of like how everything happened. It's his last human yeah. element is that the stories calm him down. Yeah. And at the end, when Ted is turned into the jelly thing, the last thing he has is just the narrative he tells himself about what happened. Yeah. That's true. Going back to tools, though, like, it makes me wonder if, like, the human need to use tools is, like, sort of tied to this need to, like, sort of strike down God in its way. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. But I just, like, like um, you know, okay, so if, like, God can effectuate change just automatically, like, does man stand in constant, like, envy of that, do you think? I don't know. The hypothetical God, obviously. 
you know, Christianity in the chat. But. I always wonder, like, what the deal with um, Amish people were was. Like, it <laughs> seems like religiously motivated. Right. Maybe they're maybe they're the closest ones to God's will, and that they're not like trying to I, tower. They're not trying to tower of babble him with like cell phones and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the real danger was that. What was the danger? Like the like the story of the Tower of Babel. Um, the story like, um, like it's told usually like it, that that break like destroying it was God's punishment. But I've heard, like, say, like, a lot of that story came from Jewish experience of slavery in... Oh, wow. I want to say Babylon or something. Mm-hmm. When they they would, like, make, like, you know, slaves, like, make these giant, like, ziggurats or pyramids and stuff. Yeah. And, like, this idea, and, like, you know, like, ancient ideas of leadership, like, the, the emperor is the god king and all that. Like, there mm-hmm. is, like, this sense of, like, you think you're so important, you start making people do all these things. And, <laughs> right. Um, like, so there's some, like, there's a reading of that story of the Tower of Babel being broken as a kind of mercy. Huh. Of, like, freeing people from this labor of, like, you know, like, trying to get to this unreachable summit. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think we're talking about humans using other humans as tools so that they become God themselves in a way. And that's so, like, so on topic. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. I love it. Big analysis. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and that, like, speaks again to Am being, like, a technology, like, it's meant to calculate, like, how to use, like, guns and missiles and stuff, which isn't going to be fully automated. It is a system of, like, how do you, you know, an army is, like, people being turned into machines for killing. Right. Right. Like, turning a computer into a god is, like, it's, like, turning, like, you know, to some degree, like, these unconscious impulses into, like, scripture, like, into, like, like the defining element of reality. Oh, Yeah. I, I think if you want to talk about ethics and AI, that's really the place to do it. I try to avoid that topic just because it's like, ugh, ethics and AI, but like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's the place to like, sort of, I think, start making that cross-section if it's to be done, but yeah. Yeah, my, my problem is like, I don't, I feel like I'm not scientifically literate enough to speak on AI. Me so neither, as far I just as hate it. it. Is, like... <laughs> I just hate it. <laughs> that's all. We're, we're so far away from it. Yeah, I that's think. It. Roku's basilisk. Yeah, except like Roku's basilisk. If the basilisk was Am, it'd be like it would torture everyone who tried to bring it into existence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Am kind of sucks at being Am, but I guess that's uh, I, I guess if you've already done most of the work, you can kind of just start going wacky, going <laughs> haywire. I mean, what else is there? Mm. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's, yeah, it's really important, I think, that Am is undoubtedly just as unhappy with the ending of that book as, as Ted is, if not more, man. Really, a uh, really telling, like, you can, you can ruin things for a god, like, <laughs> I guess he's got all those blind dudes. <laughs> he's got a whole, he's got a whole valley of them. Or, or the cave of rats, too. Yeah, rats all the rats. Company. He's got rats and, and, and blind 
Yeah, maybe it's just the setup. Like, I hopefully rats can rebuild and make a world better than we ever, than we ever could. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Might trust rats. They're so social. This is a ratatouille no, cool. is actually set in the distant future <laughs> of this universe. Like, like four hundred years in the future, this universe becomes ratatouille. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, everything crumbles again. But rats rebuild. And, when... Right, and then rats are using humans as tools, and then <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> right. There's the connection. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. They make for an awesome sequel. See, I thought, what if like, what if a UFO flew over AM, AM's Earth, and what what the hell would they think or do? I think I would not want a sequel. Does that make sense? Like, 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 truly, honestly, like, no, I. No, I mean, it's yeah, it's done. It'd be so it'd yeah. be so hard. Like, what would you even do? Like, yeah, I guess the I can't alien imagine. thing. <laughs> Which would be so wacky. Right. It wouldn't work. I think AM would have to create another AM for there to be conflict, like, which isn't, I guess, out of the... Oh, I don't know, that could be a good book. Alright, I take it back. If AM creates another AM, then, then, we have, then we have a book. Well, AM started out as three AMs, right? Yeah, there was like the Russian oh, yeah. and the Chinese. But they just eat I, each other, I forgot about that. I guess it could fracture off again. You know, sorry, you know what I'm reminded of, actually, is, um, do you watch Adventure Time? No, I've seen a couple of episodes. So you, if you follow the arc with what happens with, like, the lemon grabs, right? So there's this, like, authoritarian leader called Lemon Grab, right? And he's been synthetically created by the bubblegum lady, right? To rule over this area for some reason. But he's, like, lonely, you know? So he, he sort of creates a second version of himself, um, but then they like get into like a disagreement and then there's like a power dynamic, you know, where one of them gets like really fat and the other gets like really small and deformed, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really interesting. I, I think, I think it ends with the big one eating the little one and then like somehow they've refused into the same to the original, <laughs> but it's over the wow. course of like four seasons. Yeah. It's really interesting the way that they do it. That's a really good show. Even, you know, oh. even for like a child's show, but not like adventure time could go dark. It does, actually. It, it, it did go dark in some places. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge time commitment, but it really is a pretty good show. I, I you know, I mean, I, I I, wouldn't recommend, like, Steven Universe, for example, just because it seems kind of like, oh, what are you doing watching a kid's show that's written like this? But I, I, I think Adventure Time genuinely has a lot to offer. Yeah, that was, like, one I got to, like, slowly chip away at. The thing is, like, the things that make me interested in Adventure Time is the way people talk about, like, the big picture aspect of it but i know that that's mostly background stuff or like mostly episodes of like i need to find my special toy yeah there's a lot of silly episodes the longer you get into it the less silly episodes there are but after a while you begin to like appreciate them when they do appear i think even the silly episodes have like dry references and then they're kind of punchy and and, uh entertaining that's true yeah i don't know i would i would call it a good show yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure, like, even if, like, taking into account, like, the silly episodes, I'm sure, like, also just, like, good cartoon storytelling, like, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. No, the lemon isn't... grab thing is great. You should Google just some images of the lemon grabs in their various <laughs> phases to sort of, like, get a sense of what I'm talking about. I think Am could do that, essentially. I think Am could, like, split off and then reconsume itself in, like, some conflicts, but how would you write about that physically? 
it all have to be like internal. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard. To yeah, read. like the only possible sequel would have to be some kind of like weird cosmic like transcending thing. Right. Well, again, there should be no sequels, so it's almost like a moot point. Yeah. But I, I think can't theorizing think about it has captured my interest. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of a story with more finality than this one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's <gasps> true. But there is room, yeah, like, all things degenerate. Right, I mean, both of them are living forever, so I guess it's never truly over. <laughs> How about, um, Am, after a long time, discovers, uh, discovers compassion and a <laughs> conscience, and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what have I right, done? You- Right. Tries to give him a mouth back, but he's not too pleased. Yeah, he gives him a mouth back, and just immediately, it's just like a stream of curses. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, yeah, is it even possible to bring someone back from all of that? He seems weirdly yeah, would, lucid by the end. It would be funny if they just ended up friends, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they hang out for <laughs> beer. Like, but... You know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> Like, how long can you really hold on to a grudge? Like, there's got to be a half-life to, to, to that, I, that that kind of... It's it's like, bro, there's two of you left. Like, sooner or later, <laughs> you're going to fuck. Sooner or later, you're going to fuck. It's not going to be <laughs> hatred at all. Like, you know? Oh, yeah, all roads lead to this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the sequel, actually, is going to be, I have two mouths, and it's a scream. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's only a shame that it can't be Nimduck who's back. Fan favorite Nimduck. Right. Uh, Yeah, another Nimduck fact. Uh, Nimduck does die at the end. (laughs) Uh, I think that's my last Nimduck fact. (laughs) Check my list. Uh, Yeah, nothing else. Yeah, that's... That's it. You know, not yeah. a lot of Nimdok, but what we get, so good. Yeah, yeah. It's very <laughs> quality over quantity. Right. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> all right. I think this is a good like. I think I think we got to like. I think at the end we got some really good. Uh, no mouth talk. Right. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Close the chapter here and uh, move on to some housekeeping. Yeah, I think so. Um, should I do the? Should I do an outro? You want to do an outro? Oh, oh, wow! You're so you're so giving and brave. Intro and yeah, outro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you best. know, like, I figured I, we started like an hour late because of me. So you know, I'll do the <laughs> I'll do the heavy lifting with the with the with the uncomfortable stuff. Damn MVP! All right. Right. Hey, uh, anyway, um, this has been uh, Pleasant Evenings uh, Book Club. We have been discussing I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream by Harlan Ellison. Um, it's been great, uh, kind of. It's, it's, a, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, as always, this is uh, Hannah sort of signing out. And uh, we have uh, the other two. Um, Roberto yep Roberto signing out I we'll get maybe we'll get socials we should plug things right don't they say that any any pluggables you want to plug anything yeah we're gonna have to figure out where to post this frankly we've literally just been recording these to nobody so 
Spotify. No SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud. YouTube. Yeah. Up, okay. YouTube so. unless YouTube unless they offer us money somewhere else. Wait, uh, I think we can start with YouTube and... All right, wait, Corbin, you just say your name and so they can put that at the end and then we'll, like, talk talk shop. All right, I'm Corbin, logging off. Perfect. <laughs>